Welcome to the local Assembly 2 4 podcast in 3, 2, 1. Yo. What up? Welcome back. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Doing good. All right. Today we're here uh, with some doulas of the uh, Pittsburgh Bereavement Doulas. Um, we have Sarah Just and Sarah Chavis. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, you guys know Sarah Just because she is uh, completely ingrained here in the uh, Local 724 podcast. She does our social media and she is our one of our favorite guests here. And you can't miss her walking down the street currently because <laughs> she is shining right <laughs> now. Trick or treat. Right. Thank you for commenting yes. on my vest. Trick or treat vest. Um, so, you guys, um, the Pittsburgh Bereavement Doulas, you guys are having an event coming up uh, the weekend of October 15th, correct? Correct. Yes. Or so that is the day, October 15th. October 15th. Can we just say this will likely get heavy so yeah if anybody doesn't want to listen to a, a heavy subject matter please feel free to come back when you're ready but right. yes yeah Big annual <laughs> fundraiser october 15th yeah this is um so let's uh, let's put that on the back burner real quick um so there's different types of doulas okay um i'm just learning um ryan <laughs> i think we're in the same boat we're just <laughs> learning um, this is going to be an educational one for us. Um, can you guys explain, I guess, the difference between uh, the different types of doulas, like what you guys do? Or, or just what a doula is. Would, right, yeah. Would be a good start because I don't know. Well, we're bereavement doulas, and we go into local hospitals um, that deal with stillbirths of babies, and we help the families transition, as I call it, um, really – giving birth to your child, welcoming them into the world, then also helping them transition to their last goodbye. So we really step up and help the families throughout this process. Mm. Yeah. And so there are birth doulas, mm -hmm. lost doulas, which is what the bereavement doulas do. There are abortion doulas, abortion doulas, death doulas. There, a lot of doulas are training to be more like full spectrum. So fertility support, you know, there's all different, just somebody that supports you through, I guess, whichever season it is that you're in. So if you're pregnant and looking for somebody to support you through your birth, then, you know, it's an unbiased party that you personally, like, for lack of a better term, shop for, right? You find somebody, connect with somebody that you would want in your birth space, an unbiased, like, I don't get emotionally charged at births, right? So partners have a very special relationship. Sometimes you're like, oh, what's happening? That person is neutral and they can stay calm. And then really it's just a support person. It's an educated support person. Is Does it all center around uh, like babies and children or does it span like the ages? Like if, can somebody hire a death doula for somebody that loses a brother or sister or a mother or father something like that i know there's one for um a, pa a parent that's passing like in the stages of dying okay they do help there are doulas that do help them 
with that journey. Okay. So it is a support for the person that is dying and also for the families as well. My only understanding of doulas, and this is probably my wife that told this to me, is that like in the birthing process, and you obviously described there's a lot of different ones, but the only one I was familiar with was the birth doula, birthing doula, is that it ha- it's happening so fast and there's so much that they have to worry about and the doula kind of helps them experience what's going on and make memories. Is any of this tracking like yes. help sort yeah, of communicating with the doc- yeah and just kind of being like you said that third party but um do you guys communicate with the doctors at all or is it really just the individual having the baby i personally think i communicate more with nurses nurses uh, okay. very rarely do i actually see the OBGYN. however um i wouldn't be shocked if i ever come across that but we do help create memories for the families that six months down the line, they can look back and say, yes, I'm happy I held my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have photos of my child. My child was baptized. Versus 20 years ago when there was a stillbirth, um, a lot of times the families didn't get to meet their children. It just kind of went, they were born and poof, gone. We at least create memories where they can look back on that moment and see light, see beauty, not just something horrible that's happened to them. Wow. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, it Obviously, it has to be a very hard time for the parents, um, you know, siblings. Uh, it's just, it's really hard. And to have, I guess, the wherewithal to have, you know, you there uh, kind of keeping them on track to deal with such a situation mm-hmm. um, is incredibly uh it strong uh i guess is what i'd want to say that's that's really uh that's tough i don't know it's really tough because you walk into the room and you don't know these people yeah it could be a husband and wife boyfriend girlfriend or a whole entire family in that on the other side of the door yeah so you can walk in and you don't know really maybe if the, what religion they are you know, how do they have children at home? Or, you know, how many miscarriages? Or is this their first stillbirth or their mm-hmm. third? So you don't know these. You don't have all the answers sometimes before walking through the door. So that would make, that's what makes it hard. How do you deal with something like that? Well, typically when there is a death um, and I'm assigned to that couple, I usually try to get that information prior to walking through the door. Mm-hmm. That's how I deal with it. Um, but really... I don't walk in the door and be like, okay, so what do you want to do? Let's let's get the checklist going. Right, yeah. It's very much you take your time with them. You get to know the couple. Let them get to know you and almost trust you um, and really get comfortable with you because that will make their experience so much more better versus you just going in and very, being very um, blunt. Right. Or like yeah. all business. Yes, like the, that's the thing. You don't want to be business. You don't want to sound like you're, you're rehearsed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because each case will hit you differently, you know? And these, we don't just show up sight unseen, by the way. So the hospital staff is informing the people that this service is available at no cost because the Pittsburgh Bereavement Doulas are a nonprofit and that's why the event is happening. That's the big fundraiser for the year. So, you know, that's what they run on. It's It's at no cost to these families, but if they say, no, I'm not interested, then we don't attend the loss. Mm-hmm. They have to be interested. So it's not, it, 
that buffer kind of exists already because you already know that they want you there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I tell people I'm here for you. And if at any point you decide you no longer want me in this room, I'm leaving, I'll leave. I tell my birth doula clients the same thing. You're not stuck with me. This is your, this is your space. It's an honor to be invited into any of those spaces because that's a very special space to be in. So if at any point it doesn't fit for you, I'm gone. I'll leave. Mm -hmm. It's their journey. Right? Yeah. That's how I look at it. It's their journey, not mine. So I'm going to do my very best to help them through this. Right. Do you guys want to talk about how you got into? You can go first. <laughs> um, is it, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't. Okay. I just, because I, I don't think I had any option to not, if that makes any sense. I, I think some things are not accidents. So I, I believe I had somebody share with, I've had several people share with me about their losses. I am not sure how I came across the Pittsburgh bereavement doulas, but I decided to hold a grief meditation as a fundraiser for the bereavement doulas because I had a couple friends tell me that they had experienced loss. So I figured, okay, I'll do this meditation at the space and I'll donate to the bereavement doulas. In turn, that introduced me, connected me with Heather. She's the founder of the bereavement doulas. She started how many years ago now? Hopefully like she's 20, watching like this on Facebook. But she was a she was a birth and postpartum doula. First and foremost, a client had experienced a loss and she realized that there nobody knew how to support this person, so she decided to create this organization. So in that through doing that fundraiser, I connected with Heather and I think I started following the bereavement doulas on social media or something of the sort. And I'm in a birth workers group on Facebook and somebody shared that they were doing a training. And so I went to dinner with Heather one night as like, I probably like an interview to see if she thought I was a good fit. And now here I am. So I don't think, it, I think it was just supposed to happen. And it, I don't know, I'm bad at articulating it but I feel such a strong pull towards supporting people through this. And in my training, I think it was probably the first day I was like in tears just because, I mean, we watched some videos and I was just like, I, I, my kids are not gonna listen to that. I said, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? Cause honestly, I watched this video and I was like, are you, how? Cause it's heavy and it's hard. And, it, and I was like, I couldn't stop crying. Um, but I went home that night and then I messaged Heather. I probably was like, cause it was a very intense, like couple day long training. And I messaged Heather and I said, I just want you to know that I don't think I'm incapable of this. And I knew what I was getting into, but I don't know, something just like hit me, but then I was, I was just okay. I don't, I can't even explain it. And I just feel like, I don't know. People, I, I feel like people need the space to be able to talk about their loss. 
that they shouldn't just be sitting in silence, suffering in silence, not feeling like it's okay to talk about it because it's not something that happens and then like in two months you're done talking about it. These people are carrying, this is a wanted, loved baby that people are carrying with them, maybe not physically, but they already thought about first birthdays, like they had plans and dreams and they could see something for this baby from the time, you know what I mean, from jump. So it just, after I moved through the training a little bit, it was just different and I just feel like I'm supposed to be on this path. I don't know why. So it was it just happened. That's how I ended up with them. <laughs> and I don't know if you're not comfortable, it's okay. No, I'm fine. Okay. Um, I gave birth to a baby girl 37 weeks last year on September 7th. She died three days before she was supposed to be born. Uh, she had a slight heart condition, but uh, her pediatric cardiologist wasn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She wasn't phased by it. She said, oh, I'll just check out after. So. Like you said, I had the plans, I had the dreams in my mind because I do have an eight-year-old at home. And I thought, well, Sophia, my other daughter, is going to have like, a little sister. Some, she's been asking me for a little sister for years. I'm like, I think we're good, Soph. But I ended up um, pregnant. Uh, Lila was a twin. I lost her twin at around 10 weeks. And then I lost Lila at 37. To be honest with you, prior to Lila's death, I wasn't too, I didn't really know too much about the bereavement doulas. I've heard of doulas, but to the extent of it, of what a doula is, I was really not knowledgeable on it, on it at all. Um, so when I lost Lila, the nurse came in and said, do you want a bereavement doula? And my mom was with me and we both looked at each other. I was like out of it. And I was like, sure. And that's when Lily came in, you know, Lily. Yeah. She came in, Lily was my, my doula. And she made the process so beautiful. And at the time, I was just, I was in like a weird space, mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't realize how much influence Lily had on that part, the portion of my life, you know, that season. Yeah. So um, after I returned home from having Lila, like any parent that has lost their child, you go through a range of emotions. And I had a really hard time sleeping at night. So I would be up late at night watching TV. And then one day I'd go on, I'd go on Facebook and TikTok and watch things. And I came across a stillbirth group and um, I joined the group. And then that's when it really opened up my eyes that stillbirths are so common. So these women would show pictures of the babies and I would just look at them and I would say, oh my God, I wish I could just you know, edit their photo for them. Because a lot of them would say, I wish I had someone that could edit my photos for me. So one night, I put on the one group. I said, if anybody wants me to edit their child's photo, send it to me. And a few of them did. I edited a few, and they loved it. The next day, I woke up to 60 Facebook messages from women all over the world. From wow. Japan, from Europe. I mean, all over the place. And I edited every single one of those photos. And I did that, God, for weeks. And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is something I can do for families, part of like the bereavement doula. So um, I contacted Lily, who then contacted Heather, and I had a lunch with Heather. And I originally started off as a photographer just for the doulas. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> However, um, 
to be honest with you, I don't know how I went from a photographer to a doula. It just kind of happened. Um, I think I went in for just photos, and I don't think the client at the time wanted a, a doula. They just wanted photos done of the baby. And all of a sudden, I'm in there, and she changes her mind, and I'm like, Heather, we have an issue. She wants a doula, and Heather's like, Sarah, just do some doling. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't trained. I'm like, what did Lily do? That was like my, my mind, like, what did Lily do with me? So at that point, um, Heather, we were texting back and forth, and at that point, that's how I became a doula, was, you know, Lila's death. And at the time, so many people would ask me, what, how do you get into this? Because it's not a, I hate saying it's not a normal job, you right. know? And I always say, Lila brought me to you, because if it wasn't for Lila, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I could do it. I'm one of those people who walks into a hospital prior to Lila. I'm like, I know I'm dying for an ear infection. It's just, and then now I'm like, okay, let's do this, you know? So Lila brought, brings me, well, brought me to these clients. And I'm absolutely grateful for it. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's hard work, but it's so rewarding. How many people do you think, um, just like your situation, how many people do you think want to say yes that they want one or, you know, but then don't are in the wrong space and just, or maybe embarrassed or don't really know what it's all about. So they're just like, no, now we're good. That was me. Honestly, when Lila died, I remember the nurse asked and I, I remember just kind of like, I don't know. And Did she mom, explain it? She explained it a little bit. She's okay. like, they'll help you with the process. And my mom's like, yes. Yeah. We need her because we didn't know what um, really what was going to happen, yeah. what to expect. And Lily mm -hmm. allowed the process of saying hello to Lila and then the final goodbye. Lily baptized Lila for me. So I got the full entire, God, I felt like I got like a lifetime with Lila in 24 hours. I got to experience her baptism. You know, Lily dressed her in outfits for me. So I got to experience nice, like, moments with her. And that's what we do. We help people experience positive moments with their children that have passed. Mm -hmm. um, but, no, I'm so glad my mom said yes. Because I've probably been like, eh, no, I'm good. But, you know, I'm totally grateful for, like, Lily. I would have been like, anybody get a doula. Get a doula. Yeah. If you're having a baby or your baby passed, get a doula. It's the best thing in the world. Right. Because it's a neutral party. That's the nice thing. It's a neutral party that you can ask questions and not feel dumb. You know, you, you don't have to ask your girlfriend who had 10 kids, and then you're like, is this normal? She'll be like, uh, yeah. You know, so you can <laughs> ask your doula and, you know, not feel dumb. And then you have another female that can kind of just, what's what I'm looking for? Kind of just be with you during the process. Because, Guide you, yeah. You know, your husband, like my, like my ex-husband, um, when I was in labor with Sophia, he's like, let me rub your feet. I was like, what? I don't want you touching me. <laughs> you know, that's how we got into this space. You know, like, no. <laughs> so I was like, you know. So a female, definitely, you can relate to another female, you know, easier than you can a male with certain right. things in life. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. He's just trying to help out. Yeah, he's trying to help foot massage. I'm like, um. He's like, well, she likes this when we're home watching TV, yeah. so I'm going to do it now. Um, yeah, we, yeah. Only, we only have so many tricks in right? the bag. Uh, you got to pull out what you can. 
Um, can I ask what the event actually is? Like, what's going on on October 15th? So, it's the, there's a, where is this information? It, that is the Pittsburgh Bereavement Doula's fundraiser. October is Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. But on the 15th, where is this? It's like a worldwide Light and Unite. So, okay. So at 7 p.m. is when they do the Lotus candle lighting. So the event is at the Villa in Spring, at Springwood. Um, all these candles will float on the water. But here it is. Together, you'll participate in the International Wave of Light, which is the worldwide candle lighting. To, it's the remembrance ceremony. Just finding comfort and peace with other bereaved families. Just a way that you feel connected. So that's why it's on the 15th, is that's when that wave of light happens. So she has the big fundraiser that day. So you can buy tickets, and there's food and music and... What else is there? Um, we are doing sensory bottles. Um, you know what sensory bottles are? I don't. Okay. I was going to ask. It looks like a water bottle, but the inside has liquid and jewels and gems, and you kind of like turn it upside down and it oh, okay. floats. I know we're doing that. Um, Heather's real crafty. Yeah, she's really crafty. I'm like, And she's it. really thoughtful. There are these really sweet boxes that go to the bereavement doula clients, and she just puts... She puts so much time and thought into into everything that she does. So like scarf. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. She makes. She does. Uh, <laughs> she like you said, crafty, beautiful work. She uh, has a scarf, a Chanel scarf, I believe it is, and she puts the name of the child that passed on the on the bottom of the um, the scarf in the same color as the scarf, so it's not like bam in your face. Right. Yeah. She does wow. that. I mean, beautiful. You know. Yeah. I wish I had a picture of the boxes. Like she does. So. The event itself is just going to have just as much thought and care. And it's a family-friendly event, so it's made for, you know, because siblings are affected as well. Like, did your daughter, does she still talk about her sister? That's funny. Um, yes and no. It's funny because um, when Lila died, I was given two bears, and one was Sophia's, and the other one was just a Lila bear. So Sophie keeps a Lila bear in her room. So she does talk about her. Um, you know, Sophie believes in heaven, so she thinks like, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but she believes that, you know, because her dad passed as well two years ago. So she, Sophia thinks that Lila is giving daddy really shitty diapers up in heaven <laughs> so you know so she definitely makes like jokes <laughs> yeah. about it um yeah it she does talk about her but not like in her way in her way in, in, in her way it's a funny manner yeah. you know like i know she's giving daddy a lot of squirrels like i'm like come on so really but um you know what squirrels are no you don't know what, oh my god oh god i have to explain this on this air now <laughs> it's what my, you my dog likes squirrels well, it's not, it's not a cute squirrel. Oh. It's when... <laughs> okay. I have a couple yeah. squirrels in my backyard. And you'll like these ones. You'll like those ones a lot better. Um, it's like when, you know, the, the poop goes up the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Kids are good for bathroom jokes. Oh, yeah. Yes. You got a five-month-old. You know what that is. Yeah. Right? Just, we, it's called a we, squirrel. We call it a nightmare. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> oh, squirrel. I've never heard that. Yeah. My daughter informed me of that one when I was pregnant with her. Apparently, there was like a YouTube video on different types of diapers babies can give you. And that one was her Squirrels. favorite because it went off the back. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm like, that's disgusting, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, so siblings are, that's why I was going to say, siblings are also impacted. Some people choose to bring their other children to the birth so they can meet their, yeah, you know, meet them before they say goodbye. So this is very much a family-friendly event. And um, so music, food, I don't, or the, this says calming sensory jar craft. That's is the craft for the kids? Yes. Okay. Did Raffles. You say, did you say where it was located? Uh, yes. Um Verona, but what's it called? The Villa at Springwood. Anybody can go to this event. It yes, anybody. Have to be like yeah, you our patients right. from the past, you know, year or two. Right. So anybody can go. That's a nice thing. Yeah, it's open to everybody. The, if you go on the, I mean, I'm looking at the website, but if you go on the Bereavement Duel's Facebook page, it's on there. It's right there on the website. Can you drop that in the show notes? Yep. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Did you yeah. hear that? Show notes. That's, that's a, Heard that. Someone right. who's in the She's background knows <laughs> all about it. Right. She's practicing Fine. for her own show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's there. And like like Sarah said, anybody can go. If you feel like you want to go, by all means, um, you can sponsor it. Like any business can sponsor it. Donate in any way. Moyo's Bakery is donating a sheet, uh, sheet cake and two cookie trays that are five pounds each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sweets. Nice. Kelsey at mm-hmm. Wolf & Whisk is making lotus cookies. Oh, Danny's doing a balloon arch. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. I'm it's excited really for it because it's not going to be, um, it's going to be very light and fun. Right. Like it, you know, it's, people are coming together for a sad reason, but it's, you know, you don't have to, just sit and mourn like obviously right. people will cry but you can still you know i'm all about community so that's yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i see this as like you guys celebrating the the good that comes out of this mm-hmm. i mean i wanted to ask more about the pictures that that mm-hmm. you were doing sure um what she's what a photographer you, yeah, what were you what were you photoshopping like were you just putting them in a different different background uh what like what what kind of work we done? okay so a lot of times the parents wanted their child to have angel wings so okay. i would photoshop angel wings onto their fo- their photo or can you add a child into well can you add the baby into this family portrait you know things of that nature okay. however a good like i would say like 90 percent of my photos were of the child of the child on um, the past um as you know decomposition starts so mm-hmm. i did a lot of um color editing i did a lot of just making them look more like uh, skin tr- retouching yes i'm yeah. trying to say it delicately yes. right yeah um definitely skin retouching so um sometimes they've had cleft palettes and the parents kind of just didn't want that to be the main focus so i That's would true. edit that out for them so some of those took five minutes some of them took 45 minutes right so like so portraity type stuff mm-hmm. yeah yes. okay 
And a lot of them, they were older photos. Like some of them were 20 years ago. Oh. You know, so I got a range, like an assortment of types of photos. I mean, yeah. sometimes they'd send me one photo that they had of their child, just one photo. And other times they were sending me 12 photos. So it all just depends on, I guess, like the person, you know, right. and what they want to share with you. And I did find a lot of comfort in that. And, um, yeah, I, I would do it all over. And sometimes I still advertise for it, though. Not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. Like if you, you have know? the space. Yeah. I love to hear, like, I had no idea. I mean, I knew about your daughter, mm -hmm. but I didn't know kind of like how you ended up. Yeah. I, <laughs> honest to God, I remember thinking to myself, I don't know how Lily does it. Yeah. I mean, even that day, I remember she was just sitting there and she was just kind of, you know, she was just so she was just so calming for the room, you know, and uh, I remember just like I just like looked at her and think myself, how the hell do you do this, you know? And here I am a little over a year later, and I'm doing the same exact work that she does, and that's the same that's the question I get from a lot of people: How do you do that? How did you get into this, you know? Or how does does it affect your home life? Does it affect you, you know? So yeah. it's just I don't know. It's just is what it is you know i believe in you, everyone has a calling you know mm -hmm. like i could never be a doctor but i could <laughs> do this <laughs> you know but um yeah something that you mentioned before we hit record um <laughs> was that there it's unfortunate because there's not a lot of conversations about this like you mentioned mm -hmm. you know we've come a long way with other things where you know it was more taboo not to you know to talk about this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then um what you guys are doing is starting to have those conversations and you know dragging it into the light a little bit yeah i mean you know i mean in one pregnancy i had a miscarriage and stillbirth i mean how crazy is that you know right. and then you have families all around the world every single day that are having miscarriages you know and sometimes you don't realize how you don't, I, I, at the point before Lila, I didn't realize that stillbirths are so common. They're as common, as common as miscarriages. They happen every single day. It's not one or a hundred people in the United States. It's thousands every single day, just like a miscarriage. And people really didn't talk about it, you know? And it was kind of like one of those things I was talking to my hairdresser about it. And uh, she's like, my dad had one before, I think either before or after she was born. And I've known my hairdresser for 10 years. And she never once mentioned it to me. And then I had one. It was like, well, my dad had one. And then my sister's cousin had one. So it is more known than what you think, but people really don't talk about it all that often because it's so, it's an uncomfortable subject. You know, um, miscarriages are definitely more talked about, but a stillbirth, in my, to my knowledge, really isn't talked about all that often. You know, and I believe it's because maybe the the pregnancy because it's so far along you look at it maybe differently different people look at things differently but i don't know i didn't realize how <clears throat> how often uh, stillbirths happen until i had mine yeah and I, I think um what's cool about what you guys do is you know when something like this happens i'm sure there's a lot of friends family things like that will say you know i'm, I'm so sorry let me mm -hmm. know if there's anything i can do but the bereavement tool is in a practical way are doing something mm -hmm. you know i'm sure the heart everyone's heart's in the right place i want to i want to help but maybe just don't have the tools to to do that and handle that and you guys are actually trained to do that and step in and 
into that space and um, help that individual through that process. Yeah, I mean, when I when Lila died, my brother even said to my mom, "I don't know what to talk to her about." Yeah, you all of a sudden become this person. You're the same person, but this horrible, tragic thing happened to you that shouldn't happen to anyone. You know, and your family members who've been in your life for, I don't know, I'm what 34, 34 years. They don't know how to talk to you all of a sudden. They don't know what to talk to you about. It's like everything became obsolete and, you know, so a lot of times I would just sit there on the couch and my brother would sit across from me on his phone and he didn't know what to say to me. And I kind of just said to him, you know, you can talk to me. I am still your sister, you know. <laughs> and it's so aggravating because people don't know how to respond to it. You know, the response is, you're gonna get a mixed, like a mixed bag of nuts with responses. You know, you have the person who is trying then you have the person who doesn't know what to say. Then you have the person who says the wrong thing, but to them, they think they're saying the right thing to you, but to you, you're like, what the F? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can have more children is a famous line. Oh, you can have more children, you know, or, you know, no. You don't say that to people, even if it's a miscarriage or a stillbirth. You is don't that say, common? Oh, yeah. People yes. say that? Yes. You could have more children. You have two living children. You, you have, yeah. Yeah. You know, someone, someone said to me, right. you have Sophia, you know. <laughs> She's enough. You have Sophia, but that's that's beside the point. You know, you have five children, and God forbid one of them passes away, you're not going to not mourn that child because you right, have four yeah. others. Right. So that's my mentality on it. Um, you know, and you know, everyone reacts differently to a loss. You know, I was very much okay. Let's get my. I had to like focus on something other, like besides my daughter and normal things in life it was like i had to move on fast you know for myself you needed a thing i needed a thing and the photos was my thing at the time yeah which helped you know and then you know it's gonna sound awful but tiktok yeah i give tiktok all the credit in the world because <laughs> it made me laugh when i was at like my lowest point possible oh, yeah i would sit in the dark and just laugh my ass off because these people were idiots on there. You <laughs> really? know, these are some of those idiotic things. I'm like, ah, how can I not laugh at that? You know? Yeah. Um, but the other aspect is, you know, when I'm a doula, when I'm at the hospital helping somebody, I always mention, you know, there are medications you can get receive if you want them, or you can do therapy. You know, yeah. I did both. I still do both. Like it is just how it, it is what it is now, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but yeah, I make those make it you know available to them. Let them, let them know, hey, it's okay if you need to turn to extra help. You know, I mean, well, and through the, I'm just going to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. Through the doulas, there are, like Heather has made a lot of great connections with people. Uh, I mean, a lot of the doulas have made great connections with the you know the people that we've served, but she has even like dads that are willing to talk to other dads. Mm -hmm. There are previous lost moms that we've served that are maybe they don't want to necessarily do the work but they're open to receiving a text message from a stranger yeah. you know and talking to them about just so that it's somebody that has they've walked this path and you don't have to walk it alone we have a support group that heather runs at the space every third wednesday of the month is a lost group yeah so and she's starting i think at least one if not two more probably I think closer to the city. Yeah. But mm -hmm. so, you know, just, I think it is, it, I, I think that just death in general, 
is taboo for people. Mm -hmm. And then like nobody think like babies aren't supposed to die, kids aren't supposed to right. die. So then you're like, well, shit, I know, you know, nobody means ill or like they have no ill will, but they don't, they just don't know how to talk about it. Mm -mm. They have no idea how to talk about it because people don't know how to talk about loss in general sometimes. But, but they all should. I mean, because oh, a thousand percent, life and death are two things. Every single one of us. Correct. You yes. Know? But I don't know. Like, I just think that you know we're not supposed to go before our children. I mean, right? My our children aren't supposed to go before too. us. No, you know? my grandma said so the same thing. It just makes it. It's just an unnatural process, which makes it even more uncomfortable. You know. Yep. It's rough. It is. Yeah, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, I didn't know that this existed prior to. I knew I knew duels existed. I didn't know the idea of bereavement duels existed. Um, and I mean, I'll, you know, I'll say it. I I I don't think about this topic very often, and I I don't think unless you're in the, you know, you're aware of it, you do. Um, and that's my fault for being ignorant, but. There's a whole group of people like you're talking about. This happens every single day, mm -hmm. and there's not enough conversation about it. Um, because there's not enough conversation about it, there's not enough support for it. Right. And even for people like me, who, you know, this doesn't maybe necessarily affect, um, is still. Uh, people can still go to the event, can still give, can still be a part, mm -hmm. and do do a part. Not necessarily becoming a duel, but you mentioned like people will receive a text. People, dads will talk to dads, and. Yep. There's a little bit you can do just kind of being open to to taking on someone's grief or uh bearing a, a load mm -hmm. yeah just helping people out i mean that yes. was the thing that uh you know i i noticed about both of your stories was just that you won't both of you were very intent on helping people and you got over like sarah you got over your sarah just <laughs> you got <laughs> you got over your uh you know your hesitation because it was such a heavy subject i think because the the feelings of helping people outweighed your uncomfortability if that's a word um, it is now <laughs> but yeah i mean that's what i heard when i was listening to your story and the same with you sarah chavis <laughs> um it was it just seemed like you wanted to help somebody so much mm -hmm. that you threw yourself into the deep end and really started to you know take on projects something mm -hmm. that you were comfortable with but with a subject that wasn't very comfortable yeah and i noticed like a lot of patients once they find out that i've experienced what they're experiencing mm -hmm. they're a lot more open with me yeah you know they're more um they'll just they want you there more. They want your support sure. more. So I have a, a bunch of people I, I'm still in contact with. Yeah. You know, even afterwards, I check up on them. And that's the nice thing about our group is once they leave the hospital, we don't, we're not like, bye, see you later. Right. We check right. up on our patients <clears throat> for months, you know. I mean, I have a patient I've never met before. And I got her, I think, around June, the end of May, June, and I still talk to her. I'm right. supposed to meet her on the 15th, which... I'm really excited about but um that's good i don't know like what she looks like i don't know anything of that nature but at the end of the day it is a human being that's all we're doing is helping these people through the darkest time of their life yeah so it's just you know people need that they do they do and you know not everyone can do it and that's perfectly fine it you know? takes special people to do 
<laughs> these kind of things. I mean, you know, it's it's something that I wouldn't be strong enough to do for sure. I wouldn't be able to, you know, deal with my insecurities and things like that and things that I would hesitate, you know, being, uh, you know, emotional and things like that. I wouldn't be able to trump my emotions <laughs> uh, to help somebody like that. That would be intense. You'd be surprised on what you can do. Yeah. Like, she's not wrong. She's you know, it, it's, it's very true. I'll be honest with you. When Lila died, I, um, I didn't even want to meet her. I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to hold her. I didn't even want her in the room with me. Yeah. Because they were like, well, we can put her like her bed on the far side of the room so you don't see it. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to see her. I can't. I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) Not that anybody likes going to funerals, but I like. Right. I hate going to funerals. I even hate the smell of roses because they remind me of funerals. So the thought of holding my child that passed was just this horrible it was just this horrible thought that I can't do this, you know? And then the nurse was said, nurse, this one nurse was like so pushy. And she said, are you sure you don't want to do this? I think you should do it. And I remember being so mad at her thinking, just shut the F up. I do not want to hold my daughter. And she said, well, a lot of times parents regret not holding their children because it's part of like the healing process, you know? And I was still, I was so adamant. I said, there's no way I'm holding her. And, um, my mom was like, I don't know what my mom did, but she's like, are you sure you don't want to hold her? She's like, she's beautiful, you know, this is not, and she kind of described her to me, you know, and I'm like, sure. But my mom was like, I'm gonna do it in steps. And she literally went and picked Lila up, brought her to the door entrance, and she's like, look at the back of her hair. And she had black curly hair. Yeah. And she did it in steps, and then it was all of a sudden like, Lila's like two feet away from me, and I'm like, just give me my baby. And I loved up on her for 24 hours. And it was the best 24 hours with her. You know, I sang to her. Um, I like looked at her toes and her fingers. And the only thing that was like different on her was her lips looked like she had red lipstick on. But she looked like a, a healthy baby just sleeping. You yeah. know, she ha- didn't have any abnormalities or anything, you know. But um, I was so grateful for that moment, you know. Because even now when I think about her, I can kind of just... I can still feel her in my arms. It's yeah. like a, you never, I never forgot that feeling of her in my arms, you know? But, um, yeah, I absolutely, like, now, you know, when the baby's passed, I'm like, let me see your baby, you know? And I don't care what the baby looks like. I hold that baby, you know? And I get to meet, you know, their angel, their child that they wanted. And it's such a humbling experience. And, you know, I... I'm grateful for the the gift that Lila gave me, the ability to do something like this. Because if it wasn't for her, I, I couldn't. I don't think I could. You know. Yeah, I mean, we are. Uh, you you mentioned Sarah the word community. We are a communal people, and right. when something like this happens, it isolates you and it makes you feel very isolated. Um, and I think we all understand deep down that the value of having community. And so, you know, that's why we just step in and do the things we do, bring meals, come over, you know, just be in that person's presence because community is so important. But here's another active step you can make to just, here's here's me, what can I do for you? Um, that's such an important thing with any loss, but especially one that's so unknown and so untalked about. 
we all we all kind of have an understanding of of death, maybe from an older individual or someone in the family, but this is one I bet people don't have a lot of experience with. I will tell you that somebody shared with me um, a lost mom that I know. She said that her friend just showed up at her doorstep with like a bunch of junk food and some slippers and some tissues or like whatever, just like some stuff and was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I just thought if you wanted to, we could watch movies together and eat junk food and we can watch sad movies and cry. We can watch happy movies and laugh. I can leave all this and turn around and leave or I'll stay and hang out. It's totally up to you. But this is what I thought I could do. So like just being there. And I know that it gets, you think that you need like the right thing to say, but checking in with your friends. Like if your friend shares with you that they had a miscarriage or a loss of any sort, like not ghosting them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. checking in, being available, like, and maybe you show up and maybe they kick you out, but then they really know that like you're there mm -hmm. and you're not going anywhere. Cause it's one thing like, yeah, you can text them, but that's kind of, and it's, I'm not saying anybody has bad intentions, but it's a little bit like it's, Impersonal? I don't want to say it's a cop out, but you know what I mean? Like I can send this text and I can feel like I checked on them mm -hmm. and then there it is. And but that person could turn around and be like, oh, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But they're losing their minds that day, you know? So if you show up and you, you show up, you make yourself seen and you're like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. They kick you out. So be it. Don't take it personal. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I keep referring back to Lila, but that's really like how I got into this. And right. I mean, I have a Facebook and, you know, I graduated high school with 300 and some students and I had like the biggest jocks and the biggest jerks I was friends with on Facebook message me to give me their condolences, you know, and I was like so shocked. I'm like, I didn't expect this from you, you know, <laughs> at all, because yeah. in high school you were a complete jackass. Like, you know, so um, people, when people reach out, it's so nice, yeah. you know, and that's a nice thing. Like you said, you don't know what, always what to say or what to do, but show up. Yeah. Right. You know, even if it is uncomfortable for you to be around that person because you don't know what to say or do. But, um, you know, it's like I had so much outpouring support from people I didn't even know, you know. Um, like my one patient, my last patient I had put a little over a month ago, uh, she remembered uh, Lila's first birthday. And I was like, so I was like so thrown by that because she just went through a loss. And I'm like, God, do you remember her birthday? Like on the day of Lila's birthday, she's like, Here's a picture of a cupcake, which her and her husband got, and they lit the candle, blew it out for Lila. And they're like, happy birthday, Lila. You know, and it was such a sweet moment because I didn't do that for her. Um, I acknowledged her birthday, but I mean, I worked earlier in the day, so I had that going on as well. But at the same time, I, it was such a hard day, you know, that I couldn't wait to get to work and be around my other kids. Yeah. You know, I work with um, special needs children, so it, you know, they're beautiful children, but um, it was a nice way to get my mind off of her, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Keep your mind busy. Absolutely. You know, but uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a wild ride where life takes you, you know. You set out one way and you're going 50, th 50 different directions, you know, and I never thought in a million years I'd be a parent who lost a child, Right. you know. I remember hearing stories from family members who have, you know, that lost children. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. You know, 
but you do. You still get up every single day, and you have to do it. You know, you have to face the day regardless. You know, no matter how hard it is, you know, you have to face it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to heal, you know. But um, I'm totally grateful for my experience with it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So you, do you think, can I just ask her something? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I guess there's no way to know. So this is a hypothetical question. I'm wondering if you think, well, you said you the nurse was trying to get you to hold her and you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you would have had like no memories, no pictures had Lily not shown up? Do you think your experience would have been different? That's a really good question. Um, I guess there's no way to know, though. So that's why I'm I was like, I don't know. Well, honestly, I have no idea. Um, I just didn't know if you remembered, like, your mindset before she arrived and then after she arrived. And I don't know. I don't know. I was so reluctant. I was so reluctant on so much at that point in time yeah. that, to be honest with you, those that moment in my life, even afterwards, it feels choppy. Like, yeah. I get flashbacks of like moments it's not like i remembered yesterday i can tell you what i ate for breakfast and what i did so on and so forth it's kind of like well i know she was baptized i know i held her and i have photos of me holding i have that evidence but um i don't know if lily if it wasn't for lily if i would have such fond memories of lila you know because i'm at the point in my journey with the healing process where i think back on that day and i don't see darkness you know I remember how beautiful she was and, you know, how beautiful she looked in her little outfit and how, even though she died, how happy I was in some formation, of course, you know? Um, So I really can't say that, you know. I know. It's really, it's a really hard, like, I'm going to say yes, because my mom would probably take photos for me and then possibly down the line show and be like, hey, I took some photos for you just so you could, you know. But I can't say that if it wasn't for maybe that nurse saying what she said to me about the healing process or maybe the way my mom approached me with seeing Lila that I would actually have seen and held her. You know, would I be here today speaking to you? I don't know. You know, I don't know. You just don't know. You know, but Lily definitely helped with the process of everything. You just, you know, you, that's the funny thing with life. You just don't know all the time. Right. You know. But, um. Really cool. I think the <laughs> event, I mean, like, I'm is, excited for it. I think the event is really going to uh, just be something that sheds light on, on something that uh, needs some light shed on it. It's just, uh, you know, sitting here before the show, you know, just to break down that fourth wall where, you know, Ryan and I were sitting here and we were just kind of saying, like, you know, we're kind of nervous for this because. We were just, uh, you know, this isn't our typical episode, and, uh, you know, we don't really know much about this. This was an educational one for us, and, uh, you know, a really heavy subject, and, you know, this, by far, I think was probably one of my favorite ones, just because the stories were just so intense, and... I I just paid so much more attention (laughs) to this than I've paid to... A lot of other ones. Uh, sorry. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> I do. Every episode is his favorite episode. Don't worry. No, yeah. Listen to them all. I think, I think the people that are on here probably just listen to their own episode and move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very good. Um, do you want to pull up the uh, the event details again real quick? And 
I will have them in the show notes again. But uh, let's close with that. What am I doing with this? Uh, Just read the. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the um, the fourth annual Lightning Night, October 15th, which is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day. It's a Saturday from 6 to 8.30. The doors open at 5.30. The Lotus Candle Lighting is at 7 p.m. It's at the Villa at Springwood, which is Verona, PA, 927 Halton Road. And so in the show notes, the website will be there. You can buy your tickets there. If you don't feel like you want to attend, you can donate. Um, And like I said, any business that's wanting to can become a sponsor. There are different, I think, are sponsorships still open? I I would think so. I think we just got another one today. Yeah, yeah. you can be a sponsor. There are different, I mean, and even if, or if you just want to just flat out donate, you know what I mean? But you can be a sponsor for the event, donate things to the event. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Wolf and Whisk, a pretty flower. Cookies by Pam. I've got some great ladies that are donating. I feel like I'm missing somebody. But we just appreciate everybody in there. It's funny because people are just like, oh, yeah, I'll donate. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, what day? What do you need? What do you Mm -hmm. need? Okay. Thanks. It's good. And that's that's the great thing about the community here is just that everybody's happy Mm -hmm. to help uh, people just Mm -hmm. like you guys. Um, I love the story that you just told about the girl that came with all this stuff. Yeah, I like, like that one too. And I think that's something that I everybody needs to pony up and do at some point in their life. Like that to yeah, me Yeah, anytime. Was, when your friends are was, down. Yeah. Was awkward. And be awkward. Just be awkward. Show up without without a plan. Right. And just like try and help. And if they kick you out, they kick you out. If they accept you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're there, you're there for it, whatever the fuck it is. So <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, and thank you guys for what you do. I mean, yeah. you guys you guys give yourselves in this, and I'm sure it's taxing and it's pretty difficult. Um, but it, this this podcast is about the community, and you guys are in the community, um, which makes it such a good time to, to talk to you. Is you are donating your time, talent, and treasures in this um, every single day, and it's it's what you guys do is probably more than just donating a couple bucks. I mean, it's I'm sure it weighs heavy, but it's needed. Well, thank you. And thanks for thank you. Knocking out two podcasts back to back to have us on here. We're chirpers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. See ya. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one.